the Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. I am Gary Howardsdale, and today is my Monday's episode. I haven't did these in a while. I'm going to try to get back on track to do these Mondays every other Wednesday, and I think I'm going to try to do some this Friday, and let's see how it works out. Hopefully, it works out pretty good. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to try to do some Fridays. So I'm going to do, try to do Mondays, Fridays, and every other weekend with my regular one, and you can now find me on YouTube if you rather listen. There's no pictures or nothing like that, but you can find me on YouTube. Also, my website out with links to all my social media. So, truckstopmurder.com. But today, I'm on a 30-minute break. Well, by the way, if you're a return listener, thank you. If not, new listener, I am over-the-road truck driver. I have to stop at Truck Stop for 10-hour breaks and 30-minute breaks. Right now, I'm on my 30-minute break, which... I've kind of extended it to do this, which is fine. I don't have, I'm just bringing this load to the yard anyhow, so I'm I'm okay. But right now, I'm at tru- Shell Truck Stop on I-55, exit 48. Now, this used to be a dump, from my experience, but they repaved the parking lot. It's just a regular truck stop, nothing special about it. There's a Mexican restaurant, well, I'll get in all that when I get into reviews. But yeah, it's a three, a 2.7 rating, actually, not too bad. Normal, like I said, it's a basic truck drive stop. It's nothing special or anything about it. And diesel right now is 2.99. No death prices where I can see unless I walk out to the pump, and I can't see the sign. But every all the information I'm getting is from Truckers Path. And yeah, I've been over here over a half an hour because. I updated it with some spots 37 minutes ago, so I better record this and get back to work. Parking spots, there's 25 of them right now. 25 parking spots that's available. There's not 25 parking spots available. There's about half of them left. There's a shower here. I didn't see it, but the bathrooms are not too bad. And if you find they have their truck stop as for food, if you're traveling through here and you want to get yourself a bite to eat, they have that little, like all truck stops do, their chicken and fish and everything overpriced, if you ask me. Last couple of times I thought about buying there, it's just ridiculous. And it's not that good, it's kind of greasy. But yeah, for restaurants, if you're driving through here, you have your shell truck stop food. Mama Mia's are right across the street. And Huddle House which if you're not familiar with Huddle House, it's pretty much like a Waffle House for breakfast. If You know, they have other stuff there, but it's like a breakfast. Pizza M, Quarter Mile, McDonald's, and that is pretty much it. So let's see what people think about this. A lot of people don't care too much for about this place, to be honest with you. Like I said, it's just a regular truck stop, nothing special about it. And not like one of those big like Loves or Pilots or anything like that. I record this in my truck stop, so some once in a while I have to adjust myself. Not that way, but just I'm sitting on my bed and recording. So it gets uncomfortable sometimes, but it's fine. Well, let's see what the first review. Ugly place ever. No, the place down in Marion, Miss. I guess he just never stopped there. Black Diamond, if you want a quiet place, stay on the road. This place is rubbish. The employees do not know how to give solutions. They only make things worse. The pumps are pig pens, which I'm looking at right now. They're not. 
Well, driver, you are not important here. Which, like I said, I don't know. It used to be this was a month ago. And since then, they did spend a I bet you they spent a lot of money trying to get these, you know, the parking lot, you know, a lot better because it was a big dirt hole. Now it's concrete. It's nice. Restroom is what this one do one star. Restroom is closed. Oh, by the way, those were two one stars. No water. Hope they have a sink that works for the employees that aren't wearing masks to wash their hands and before they sell that outdated chicken. Okay. Three-star review. Nice and quiet place to stay at for the night. The food is pretty good. Just like the rest of the reviews, the bathrooms is disgusting. It's close to the steel plant if you run out of hours and get loaded or have to wait in the morning to get a load. UPS. I guess this is the UPS driver. Bathrooms are horrible. Uh, not anything so. Here goes a five-star review. Nice truck stop. Not the cleanest one, but if you will, if you will fill here full tanks of fuel casher, I'll give you twenty dollars cash for it. They take fleet one card. I don't know what he's. I guess they'll give you twenty dollars if you fill up. An anonymous user credit. Debit cards down in the store today. Very friendly staff, especially the youngie, youngest lady cashier. Chicken looks very good and tasty. And let me add, they have greasy. Okay, I'm going to do a few more. Nothing bad here. Four star, nothing bad here. Bathroom is okay. Not that bad. You babies cry always. Only bad thing. Too much mosquitoes. I'm hunting them all night. Nice Mexican food across the street with full bar. Uh, full bar. Well, shit, man. I'm a, no, I'm joking. I got a good job a little bit further. Now, I'm reading. This is not me talking. I'm reading it as I go. I know I'm a mushmouth buffoon, but I'm just reading. I try my best. But these, when I do reviews, I'm reading them as they are on here. Another four-star review. Bathroom is a customer service is lacking, but the food is pretty good for a good price. Not really much to complain about. And one more review. One-star review. Just one-star review. It. One, I don't know how this place got 3.4 rating, which I, it wasn't. This is a special type of dump. Well, this was seven months ago. Maybe it was then. But this is a special type of dump. It's just a little bit larger version of a Middle Eastern old ghetto convenience store that is never clean and maintained, which is wrong because, like I said, it's nothing, you know, nothing big, fancy truck stop or not like that. And, you know, but if you're looking for a place to park your truck and it's a decent truck stop, they have food, they have a place to park. I mean, they only have 25 spots, but. Along I-55, there's not really much, but a place to park. And now that I know there's Mexican, I have not eaten there, but a Mexican place right across the street, full bar, you can't go wrong. Well, I guess you can. But anyhow, here you go. With further ado, before I run out of time and waste my whole day here, let's talk about what I... Uh, if let's find a way I can talk. Okay. But the, the person I'm going to talk about today, Richard Chase. I know this happened, hap, has not happened around here. That's one of the reasons why I want to do these Mondays. So I can do, like, I've been finding a lot of truck stops, but there's just nothing around. So I started to find these other cases that I don't really go to. 
or they've been overdone and then i could cover them on this on my mondays but yeah richard chase sometimes truth is stranger than fiction the case of richard trenton chase is a story that even the most depraved horror writer would struggle to create over the course of four weeks spanning across 1977 in 1978, Richard Chase took the lives of six innocent victims in Sacramento, California. Well, before I forget, trigger warning, this does have a lot of murder, a lot of disgusting, crazy things that involves children, women, and everybody else. This guy was one sick son of a bitch. So, I'm going to tell you right now, before you get any further, I already had one person complain that I triggered her PTSD because I didn't give a trigger warning. But here's your trigger warning. There's violence towards women, children, and lots of murder. His murders gradually progressed and violence began with drive-by shootings and cumuling in acts of cannibalism, nephrophilia, extreme manipulation. But it would not be the murders themselves which committed Richard Chase as a real life boogeyman instead it would be richard chase and his belief his bizarre beliefs which he re was remembered for he armored a strange obsession with blood claiming that his own was gradually turning into powder as a result of nazi poisoning yes he believed his blood was turning into powder because the nazis was poisoning him mm -hmm. in the 70s he often claimed that his head heart was stopped beating. He believed that the bones in his skull was gradually sh changing, shape-shifting, sh doing different things. He accused his own mother of repeatedly attempting to poison him. Everybody was trying to poison him at one time or another. He once injected rabbit's blood directly into his vein. Yes, rabbit's blood. Richard Chase wasn't of a stable mind. He suffered from psychosis schizophrenia and major paranormal paranormal paranoia i gotta slow down <laughs> on my notes and over time this manifested as brutal acts against anyone unlucky enough to find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time born may 23rd 1950 in santa clara california richard chase was thrust headfirst into a life of misery from a young age, Richard was physically abused by his father. His parents would violently argue, and Richard being the unluckily receptant of the father's rage, once his mother fled the house. She had enough of this shit. By his teenage years, he had developed a dependency on drugs and alcohol. From this point, his serial killer tendencies quickly developed. Richard began torturing and manipulating small animals, including cats he found around his neighborhood. And by age 12, Richard displayed the three traits which are considered the blueprint for plundering serial killers, bedwetting, animal cruelty, and arson, which is known as the McDonald Triad. And let's look, let's look into this McDonald Triad. Common characteristics include the McDonald triad is a two that has been used by many time to identify, identify common characteristics of a potential serial killer. There's bedwetting, fire starting, to animal cruelty. Animals can't fight back, can't speak, or are used to build up the offender skills before, starting being, you know, before they've stepped up their 
act to you know humans matter of fact when my daughter the dahlia yes we named her after the black dahlia elizabeth short but we i like the name dahlia dahlia josephine kelly that's her name but yeah she came up to her mom one day and she goes mama do you know that most serial killers they start off with torturing animals and just walk away we're still keeping our eye on her so back richard trace struggling with severe mental issues like i struggle with stuttering and unable to forgive forge any kind of life for himself richard's situation only worsened when he became an adult alone in his apartment he would eat animals raw sometimes he liquefied their internal organs and drank the residue by his earlier 20s richard believed that his heart was shrinking and consuming animal entrails would somehow keep him alive. 1975, Richard injected himself with rabbit's blood, like I said, resulting in a serious case of blood poisoning because that is something you do not do. Following the incident, he was admitted to a mental institution. However, Richard escaped in 1976 but was apprehended again, sent to a hospital for the criminally same, as you should do. It was here where Richard's vampiric tendencies were fully exposed. He regularly discussed his blood-drinking fantasies with other inmates, eventually earned himself the nickname Dracula. Officially released in late 1976 after being declared no longer a threat to society, Richard immediately returned to his previous life. There was no pause in any of this. We're right back to thinking that the world is after him. And I even heard some cases where he, from different another podcast I listened to called Time Stuck, that he actually put orange slices on his head to keep the. But he was, I wouldn't have doubted though. He caught the neighbor's pets, drank their blood, and one time even called a neighbor to inform him of the horrific things he's done to his dog. Richard chased the delusions, grew further which now combined with numerous impulses to create a highly violent, dangerous monster. However, his blood fantasies would soon escalate to something else entirely. It would be on December 29, 1977, that Richard Chase committed his first murder. Ambrose Griffin, a 51-year-old gentleman, dropped dead outside his Sacramento home. Richard Chase had been driving by and fired a 22 caliber pistol randomly, in Ambrose's direction. There was no rhyme or reason to Ambrose's murder. He wasn't targeted for any reason. Just it was just there. Ambrose Griffin simply found himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Casing, casings was discovered near the Griffin home. However, nothing pointed to a suspect. Richard continued to wander the streets of Sacramento, Sacramento by night. On August 11, 1978, he approached the door of a woman named Jenny Layton. He simply walked up to her patio door and pulled the handle. Finding it locked, however, Richard then turned the window, turned to the window instead and looked in. But perhaps the most unrevealing part of it was that Jenny Layton watched the whole thing. She saw a disabled, long-haired man arrive at the door, then move to the door, her window, then back to her, her door. It was here where she met Richard Chase face-to-face, with through the glass portion, but Richard gave gave nothing away. 
He stared at Jenny's eyes, lit a cigarette, then walked away, later claiming locked doors mean you aren't welcome. I don't think this guy was welcome anywhere. You know, as you will see later on, some of these other people wish they would have locked their door. The same night Richard did find an open door, the home belonging to Robert and Barbara Edwards. When they pulled into the driveway after grocery shopping, a man exited their home by the rear windows. From the shadows, Richard Chase ran past them, cradling handfuls of valuables he had stolen from their home. Robert Edwards followed Richard as far as he could, but Richard leaped over a fence and disappeared into the night. When detectives inspected the Edwards household, they discovered that Richard had not only taken valuables, but also, listen to this, urinated in a drawer and defecated on the bush. He took a shit on their son's bed. I mean, the guy gave zero fucks. While Richard escaped, the night still wasn't over. Something equally strange happened next. Nancy Holden, a young woman, had been shopping that evening in a nearby city. As she was leaving one of the stores, an unkept man approached who she believed to be homeless. The man walked up to her and asked, where are the motorcycle? Wait, were were you on the motorcycle when Kurt was killed? Nancy was stunned. Ten years before, she had indeed dated someone named Kurt, who did die in a motorcycle accident. However, she had no idea who the strange man was. It wasn't until Richard said, "It's me, Rick Chase," that Nancy realized that she was talking who she was talking to. He looked nothing like he she remembered. Of course, being from high school, from then, it was quite a few years, he d- definitely went through a big transition. So Richard was an old school friend of Nancy's, but it was clear that Richard was struggling through a difficult time. He was clearly nervous, carving, craving a drug hit, and his clothes was ridden with stains. Nancy made her excuses, but Richard, you know, tried to get the hell away from him, but Richard followed her to her car. He begged her for a lift. However, Nancy quickly made her escape. Lucky her. It would be January 23rd, 1978, that Richard Chase found the next unlocked door. So this guy's just walking around, looking for a door, see if they're unlocked. Inside the home is 2360 Tayoga Way was a woman named Teresa Wallen. Three months pregnant and home alone, Richard entered the residence as Teresa was taking out her garbage. When she returned, Richard Butch attacked her with the same twenty-two he used to kill his previous victim. One bullet entered the palm, the second through the peak of her skull. She fell to the floor, dying instantly. Alone with her corpse, Richard could now act out his disgusting fantasies without fear of interruptions, and he did. Richard pulled Teresa's corpse into the bedroom, then repeatedly, repeatedly raped her. He min- <laughs> Ugh, I to, I was telling you now from here uh, another trigger warning from here on it's this guy just gets really sick with his means of what he does to some of these his victims he mutilated her with a butcher's knife stabbing her in the lungs liver stomach breast he removed her left nipple tore the pancreas took out her kidneys and left her intestines hanging outside of her body yes then he collected her blood in a yogurt pot. He drank it, then smeared some over his face. But before he left her dis- dis- you know, body, 
for her husband to find richer stuff. This remember I told you, I warned you at the beginning, I warned you before this happened, that this guy's addict stepped up. But he stuffed Teresa's mouth full of dog feces from outside. He went outside, grabbed some dog shit, and brung it in. And that's not even the worst he's going to do. On January 27, 1978, Richard T- Chase reached peak rampage. It would be the night Richard Chase elevated himself. I can't read that word. From serial killer to mass murder. He broke into the home of Evelyn Marth, a 38-year-old woman. Evelyn was babysitting her 22-month-old nephew, David Ferrara. Also in the home was Evelyn's six-year-old son, Jason, and a neighbor named Don Dan Meredith. Four people were home. None would come out alive. Richard walked into the hallway, walked into the hallway, and shot Dan execution style in the head with a 22 caliber. Here in the blast, six-year-old Jason fled upstairs where Richard followed him, eventually shooting him twice in the same manner. Um, the way Richard also shot 22-month-year-old David in the head, only Evelyn was left alive. Richard found her in the bathtub Clearly terrified by the multiple bullet gun blasts, there Richard shot Evelyn once. He then tucked her dead body into the bedroom where he sexually violated her. Richard carved her body with knives he found in the kitchen. He stabbed her vagina, anus, exposed her intestines, attempted to remove any eyeball, remove an eyeball, and slashed the back of her neck. So this guy, um, well, wait till we get to his house. Once fully carved up, Richard drank her blood because he thought his blood was changing into powder. So obviously he had to replace it somehow, but he didn't stop there. Seizing the corpse of 22-month-year-old Richard, you know, cracked open. Okay, if you if you can't handle children, I'm going to tell you right now, just fast forward it a little bit. Because what he does to this poor boy is evil. Cracked open the boy's skull, a part of his brain's. He tucked the infant's boy home with him, castrated him, and using his genitals genitals as a straw to siphon blood from his body. He used his own penis. He drank, used his penis as a straw. Yes, you heard that right. Then he disposed of the body in a box near a church. The news of the murders reached the mainstream press. Police and FBI appealed for information, and unfortunately for Richard, one person immediately suspected him. Nancy Holden, Richard's school friend, who he approached a few weeks earlier, in her police report was mentioned that a strange man was seen near Teresa's Wallen's home wearing an orange parka, and it was the same clothing that Richard was wore that day that he spoke to Nancy. Authorities checked out Richard's chase and found he matches the profile and almost perfectly, you know, almost perfectly he matched it. The FBI visited Richard at his home with the intention of bringing him into custody. However, Richard couldn't go quietly. He refused to open the door to them. So FBI officers pretend to leave the scene. In reality, they hid out of sight and waited for Richard to come out. When he did, he was carrying a small box. The officers immediately apprehended him. Inside the box was a pile of blood-stained clothes that also discovered Dan Meredith's wallet in Richard's pocket. While this evidence enough to send him to trial, 
what they found in Richard's apartment cemented his guilt. So here, here we go. This is what I was telling you about. His walls and floors were caked with dry blood stains as his utensils and kitchens, as well as his utensils and his kitchen equipment. Animal remains, eternal organs were found in his fridge alongside several human organs belonging to Teresa Wallen, Evelyn Merrith, and the young boy David. Richard Chase's game was over. After a short trial, Richard was found guilty of six counts of first-degree murder. And be gone with you, Mr. Richard Chase, Mr. Vampire of Sacramento, and disgusting vile human being, I shall say gas chamber to you be gone <laughs> unfortunately richard chase would never quite make it that far on december 26 1980 he was discovered dead in his prison cell after overdosing on antidepressants that if somebody would have gave him to begin with maybe he wouldn't act like a crazy done everything that he would have done but there you go there's the story of richard chase the vampire of sacramento that's what people call them dracula or whatever just some sucks some crazy i don't know if um just the schizophrenia just got so bad it just took over his life that he just thought people was after him nazis changing his blood to powder he had a heart stop bleeding shape-shifting head that dude definitely needed some kind of you know stuff over dean on it he needed to take some regular Anti, you know, depressants and anxiety medicines and all that stuff. But if you like me telling the story, please write and review as always wherever you listen to it. Check out my web. You can find all my links and hopefully I'm going to be working on it more. The truckstopmurder.com because I just got it on. I'm not a computer. You know, I'm not really good at computers, so I don't know. I'm working on it still. I'll get everything. I'm going to try to put my episodes on there. But you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, CastBox, and everywhere you can. If you can rate me, rate me. And as always, thank you for listening. You could also contact Gary Howard's my name. And as I always end off, you can't fix stupid, but you can sure numb it with a 2x4. I am out of here.